Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hands and said, Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. For about 40 years, he endured their conduct in the wilderness, and he overthrew seven nations in Canaan, giving their land to the people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel, the prophet. Then the people asked for for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled for 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Saviour Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John, John was completing his work, he said, Who do you suppose I am? I am not the one you are looking for, but there is one coming after me whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in in condemning him they fulfilled the word of the prophets that they read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper grounds for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who travelled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our ancestors, he had fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus, as it is written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have become your father. God raised him from the dead so that he will never be subject to decay, as God has said, I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is also stated elsewhere, you will not let your Holy One see decay. Now when David had served God's purposes in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through through him, Everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Take care that the prophets have said, do not happen to you. 
Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further on these things on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first, since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honoured the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up and persecution, a persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And in my other version of, of this, it says they go forth rejoicing. Okay. So when we're having a look at uh, this scripture, uh, it's, it has a message for us. Um, I was also aware when I started to look at this, uh, over the last few weeks, uh, we had two really great sessions of Terry Virgo. Hmm? Great sessions from Terry, uh, talking to us about Jonathan and the armor bearer and about stepping out in faith, about... Uh, uh, here were the Philistines and the armies, etc., against the army of God. And the army of God were quaking in their boots. And uh, there's, there's a place where, when we're having a look at the role of Christians today in society and uh, how we behave around the gospel and what God is calling us to do uh, and how he's calling us to behave, uh, are we a Jonathan and the armor bearer or do we behave like Saul who's quaking in his tent? Uh, then, of course, we had Jeremy last week. So we had three weeks, two apostles, and then it comes to me and I'm thinking, oh, oh. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Uh, so it's one of those things you think, goodness me. Uh, I, I get very reassured when God says uh, that he likes to use the weak things of this world and the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. That gives me a sense of, Right, okay, I'm in the right place doing the right things. I am, uh, 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 and therefore, I really believe out of this scripture this morning um, that God has a message for us. He has a message for us. And uh, one of the key things around the, this morning um, was just that sense of God's purpose for you. I love it when God says you, because he actually really does mean you. There is an us piece about it, but actually for each one sitting here this morning, you means you. 
And when he's talking to us about uh, how amazing uh, the call of God is on your life and uh, all the things that are happening, God's great love for us is perfect. And he was calling us out this morning to say, come on, sons and daughters, come on. I want to embrace you afresh. I want to fill you afresh. I want to touch your soul so that you'll be eternally changed into that person I've called you to be. A person of faith, a person of righteousness, a person of love, a person who is just so full of God that people around you will notice. People around you will notice. So when, uh, uh, when Terry was talking about the uncircumcised, all he was talking about was non-believers. Okay, and uh, here was Jonathan and his armor bearer going out towards uh, these, uh, the, 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 the army. There they were, 20, 30 people on an outlook post. And Jonathan says those wonderful words, um, let us see if God will give them into our hands. With a whole attitude, because after all, God's not with them. And Jonathan, the only person who had the sword, remember the story from, from Terry's uh, piece, was, uh, right, let's go up and see if God will give them into our hands. Because after all, they're the unbelievers. And, and I, one of the things about this scripture about uh, Paul and Barnabas uh, going and, uh, uh, and preaching the gospel, to whom? Well, the same people who have been persecuting the church. Don't forget, this is the, going into a synagogue in the day and actually preaching that the Saviour had arrived and they were missing it, was for many, that was a heresy and therefore um, they were putting themselves at great risk of being so stoned, imprisoned, etc. So there they were, stepping out in faith and many people were coming to Christ and many people were actually being born again. I have made you a light for the Gentiles. And uh, one of the key things, the message I felt this morning was it was for everybody. It was for absolutely everybody. The who are Christ's witnesses? Is it just Ray? It's easy if it's just Ray. Here's the evangelist. Let's, 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 let's have a look at Ray, because it's Ray's responsibility to actually preach the gospel and do those things. Or it was Paul, or it was Barnabas, or whoever else it might be. But whose responsibility is it to actually be that fragrance of Christ? Who is it? Who is it supposed to be? And uh, it's the challenge, I think, for all of us to be that fragrance. That wherever we are, whatever we're doing, that Jonathan moment, those opportunities that there are, that actually God wants us to be that fragrance. So when you have a look, when we're having a look at Acts 13, it's very much about Paul's first missionary journey. Fantastic stuff. It was the kickstart of seeing great churches uh, being established right across what is current-day Turkey, actually. That was the first missionary journey, moving right the way through that area. Um, there he was on the move and uh, being kicked out, uh, kicked out and moved on. And uh, one of the challenges that I had was right at the end there, and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit, just hold on a moment. You've just been evicted and kicked out. You've just been abused and all that sort of thing, and you're going forth rejoicing. 
going forth rejoicing. But it does say, actually, and the disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. And one of the words that came out in the prayer time this morning was that actually we would be filled with joy and the Holy Spirit this morning. That was coming out in the prayer time. Certainly there was a sense of the presence of God. I'm just wondering, who felt that presence of God this morning? Yeah? Well, as most of you. How many of you felt that extra piece of joy in your heart? Yeah. And, and uh, for, for those who did, that's when the disciples were coming out and being kicked out, actually, uh, they were leaving the fact that all, all, it says in the scripture, all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word went forth and all that God had decided at that time in Antioch actually believed. So the whole city came together, the gospel got preached, all those that were actually ready in God's book actually believed and were saved. And Paul and Barnabas were going off, leaving thousands saved. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and joy, going forth rejoicing into the next phase. What an amazing Amazing story. So here they are, kicked out and abused and all that sort of thing, and going forth rejoicing. Now, when I'm having a look at uh, how we share the gospel and that sort of thing, uh, there was this lovely piece in Genesis 1, the first chapter of the book that we come to, Genesis 1, uh, verse 28. Be fruitful and multiply. That was God's commandment to Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and multiply multiply. And interestingly enough, go forth and share the gospel is very much be fruitful and multiply. God has a plan for the earth and it's very much that his people will go forth and multiply. Um, And uh, yes, that's having babies and all those sorts of things as well. But one of the things that Jeremy uh, was talking about yesterday, uh, last week, uh, was the fact that of being barren. The, in their marriage and so forth, that they've been barren and that that was a challenge for them. And uh, he was talking about how many people that they'd seen saved and actually added into the church and that had grown up in their faith and that virtually that, that they classed them as their children. And one of the things I felt God talking to me about out of that piece of scripture was very much um, a, a piece around being barren, feeling that emptiness, that that barrenness, a a need. Now, I'm not talking about actually having physical children today. I'm, I'm talking about having spiritual children. And when I was praying about this and looking at what God wanted to say, I really felt that to ask the question, you know, do you feel barren? Is there something in your heart that wants to see certain people saved? I wonder how many of us have got relatives that we're praying for that they would know Christ and him as their saviour. I've got two brothers who don't know the Lord and a raft of family, friends, colleagues that don't know the Lord. And there's a barrenness in me to see new life for them. And it's out of that longing that 
that the love of God can meet every one of those needs, can meet them wherever they are and touch them and create a new, new birth in them. I pray for my brothers and quite a lot. Actually, my list is getting longer for the morning prayer session that I have before work. I've moved jobs and therefore I'm adding people and I've not stopped praying for the ones that I left behind in the old job yet. <laughs> but I pray for them every day. Lord, I want to see them born again. I want to see them renewed. I want to see them in heaven for eternity, worshipping with me. I want to see that. That's where my barrenness sits and that's where my prayer life sits. And I want to know that for us all as a people of God that actually we recognise that need that we have Lord, I need you to see some of these people through. I also need to see some of the backslidden friends that I've got and family that I've got brought back into, into fire and love of God. And, you know, I can see the nodding around the room and know that you know people too that need filling of the Spirit and stepping up and knowing the love of their Father again. That's where my barrenness comes from. And that's where Paul and Barnabas went forth rejoicing. They'd seen thousands come to Christ. They were going forth rejoicing because there'd been birth. Don't we love to celebrate the new birth of little ones? I love to cuddle little babies. Just fantastic. There's that new birth. And in exactly the same way, here we have this scripture that's talking about the first missionary journey. Let's remember that actually in Jerusalem, uh, when the persecution broke out, broke out uh, the, uh, the original apostles, there they were, uh, 11 of them, added, added to, make them up to 12 again, but there they were, and the Holy Spirit got poured out on them. They were told to stay, but then they were supposed to go all around the world. But they liked Jerusalem, so they stayed a bit. In fact, God had to allow persecution to break out in Jerusalem for the gospel to go all around the world. Persecution forces Christians out to go and do the things that God's called them to do. Sometimes there's a call on our lives and we see people go on missionary journeys and fantastic things. Paul and Barnabas were like that. But many of us need that little extra push. We need that little extra push. God is not, he's not, he doesn't hold back from giving you a push. Sometimes we think push, oh Lord, what are you doing, you know, can't you save me from this? And it's like, well, I was in there. I was just giving you a push. And God gives us a push to move on into new areas so, uh, and be fruitful. To see people, uh, uh, so people can get the aroma of God. I don't know you, but wherever I go to work these days, I am the one that actually has a faith. Nobody else talks about their faith. Nobody. You know, I can be sitting at lunch and have done on two separate occasions where two of my colleagues have said, you know, I, 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 don't, I, I don't believe in anything. Now, I'm not talking about God or anything like that. We're just sitting down having a nice chat and both of them, within a five-minute period, will tell me they have no faith. It's an invitation, boys and girls. It really is. That's like, really? Oh, well, I have. And uh, you know, there's an opportunity to be able to be that fragrance, not to push God at them, but to say, what a wonderful saviour I have. What a wonderful father I have. What a great redeemer I have. And how he gives me peace and he gives me purpose. 
So uh, he, here we are, we have this uh, amazing uh, reality, go forth and uh, multiply, be fruitful. Um, you will be my witnesses to the end of the earth, we read in, in the first uh, chapter of Acts. And uh, that was God's, God's uh, command to us to go forth and... Um, I'm already running out of time. So <clears throat> one of the things was, was about the barrenness that, that I really wanted to, to, to bring that out today. Um, today we were talking about experiencing the Spirit of God. And some of you have been to places. Anybody been, been to places where people are slain in the Spirit? Yeah, uh, where we've actually had, I don't know, but we, we, we used to have this fire tunnel where, where, where there would be a tunnel of praying saints. And if you started at one end and got to the other without being slain in the spirit, well, actually, you know, you were used to it. Um, and where half the congregation are laughing and the joy of the Lord is just manifest in the house. And that joy of the Lord would do healing in people's hearts and spirits. You'd see people set free from all sorts of oppression. And uh, those days aren't gone. God hasn't finished with those sorts of things because those things that he does amongst us are still here today. And we were pushing into some of that today. More of that's available. The storehouses of heaven aren't depleted because God pours out a blessing. He is eternal and he keeps on doing that. And I certainly, really, I certainly feel that you know, if we want to see wonders, if we want to see healing, some of you have experienced healing. I've seen healing firsthand, uh, m miraculous things of God, whether it be something simple like uh, uh, one of my daughters uh, had, oh, I don't know, nearly 10 verrucas on her foot, and they were multiplying. And one evening she asked me, Daddy, would you pray for me? So I prayed for her. The next morning, no verrucas. Amen. All right? Uh, well, we were praying, my daughter had one leg slightly shorter than the other, it was causing her some problems, etc. And uh, we had one of the guys um, visiting speakers and so forth, and he was praying for a line of people, and I physically saw her leg grow, and it was leveled out. Now, some of you will have really great testimonies of things God has done, amazing miracles. And we want to see more of that. We want to see people saved. We want to see people healed. We want to see people set free. We do. We want to see all of those things. But I've got to say to all of us, including me, these signs and wonderfuls follow the gospel. Yeah. They bear witness to the gospel. Mm. And we want to see more and more of God moving then I've got to be the one and we've got to be the ones who are the aroma in the world to witness to those around us the love that is Christ in us. So I know there's a multitude of souls to be saved in Derby. Some of them are your friends, some of them are your colleagues, some of them are your relations. And we want to see all the ones that God has earmarked to be saved, that they're saved. Just going to read you a little bit of scripture that, sort of, that I think backs this whole thing up. Um, I'll give you the shorter one. There's two I've got, but the shorter one is 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives 
in, in Christ's triumphal possession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma that brings death, to the other an aroma that brings life. Now, we don't kill anybody. That's not what this is saying. What it's saying is, to one, they see the light and think, wow, and to the other, they get a sense of how they're not saved. How many of us needed to know our sinfulness before we understood God's righteousness? <laughs> so on the one side, you know, when, when, when we're getting close to God, when people get close to you, they see something of God's grace, something of God's mercy, and they know their need for it. So they know they're in their death. That's why they make the change. That's why you and I make that change. We make that step because we know we're in death, so therefore we want life. It's a bit of a process. And for those who are the aroma of life, you convince people actually they, they, are, they have a tinge of death about them. Wherever we go, we are that aroma. And people will want to know why. I really believe God wants us this morning to actually be those who will respond to the why. And the reason we don't sometimes is perhaps fear. Perhaps it's we'll be rejected. Those are the two real key things that go on that limit us. When the opportunity arises, the more I pray for people, the more the opportunities arise. But actually, if I don't do anything about the opportunities, the opportunities decrease again. So really, that, that, that's the sort of end piece where I wanted to actually suggest that there might be a prayer opportunity. How many of us are having opportunities where we need more courage, we need less fear? We are the aroma of Christ. You are. There's a fragrant aroma of God in the room because you're here and Christ is in you. No, he really is in you. You are no longer the same. You have Christ in you. Amen. You do. He's here. He's in you. And he's got great things to do in you and in me. It's wonderful. And if there's a place of fear or concern this morning that actually, what will people say? What will people think? And if that's one of the limiting things, if that's one of the sort of, it's not a check. It can be a chain that binds you fear. It can be. But if that's one of those things that you think, actually, I want more faith. I want more courage. I want the right words to say. God will give you the words to say. Then that's what we need to pray for this morning. All right. So uh, I, I would like to pray for people. Uh, I know Ray's got a real heart for the lost. And before we finish, it would be good to do that because it's, it's virtually come to the end and uh, I'm running over. So if you feel that you want to have more great opportunities to share your faith with people this morning, I'd love it if you could come down to the front and we will pray for you. I'll get a few uh, uh, of the, the team together and we can pray for you. Is, how does that sound this morning? Yeah, yeah? okay. So, so let's do that. Um, one of the things Ray was talking about and God was talking about all through the service was 
um, boys and girls, get off your backsides and come and do it, all right? Come and do it, because there is a step of faith. A, st a step of faith is actually, you have to take the step, all right? Otherwise, there's little faith, faith without deeds, all right? So by, by moving, what you do is you open the floodgates of heaven to be able to say, great obedience, let's, woof, let's go and sort that out. So if that's you, then, then, then come on down, and I'll hand back to Rachel. Thank you.